Welcome to Diving Into Crypto. Diving Into Crypto. A weekly series where thought leaders share insights, strategies, and insider stories about all things crypto and Web3. Brought to you by Adlunum. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of Diving Into Crypto. I'm your host, JP, from Adlunum INC, bringing to you everything about Web3. To, on today's show, we have a special guest who is doing something unique in the space that ties in both our favorite genre of activity uh, where a bulk of the world's population spends its time, and that's watching movies. In addition to that, he also has a very interesting past and a background, and I'm going to let him introduce some of those various hats that he has worn as we move along through this uh, through this episode. Please remember, ladies and gentlemen, that ideas expressed on this program are meant for education purposes, and uh, the opinions expressed herein belong to those of the speaker. That being said. Welcome to Diving Into Crypto, the show where we bring to you everything about Web3 from thought leaders, strategists, and those movers and shakers there. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, give us a warm reaction as we welcome our speaker today, Jay. Jay, hi, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, JP. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, glad to be here. Excellent, excellent. JP, this is our birthday anniversary month for, for Adlunum, so this is indeed a special, special show that we are, we are doing in this particular week, and we're so glad to have you. Um, you know, so And to start the ball rolling, Jay, could you tell us a little about uh, your, your background and the journey that it took to get you to Moonstream? Yeah, absolutely. So for those just kind of tuning in, uh, my name is Jay Williams. I am the founder of Moonstream.com, which is a new kind of, I say it's, it's kind of like Kickstarter plus Netflix combined for Web3 and then a little bit more on top, um, but a new type of streaming service, a new way to make films, watch films and be rewarded. Uh, my background is in kind of a variety of areas, but always entrepreneurial. Um I, I got into blockchain from the tech side. So I'd actually um, started a, a tech kind of networking consulting security firm in the US uh, about a decade ago. And that kind of took off went well. We, we serve clients nationwide. That firm is still running. Uh, and about a year, year and a half ago uh, during the pandemic, I really started to get into blockchain actually through the IPFS side. So it was kind of from the network the networking security side, I was really interested in the ways that you, you know, we could avoid some of the bottlenecks we have in our current kind of routing system with our internet and top level domains. And I got into IPFS and I sort of fell down the rabbit hole and never looked back. Um, and as I got into blockchain, it, it really, it, it stood out to me as a, an amazing technology that can be applied to so many industries. Um, one of which was film, which is I, I have business in that area as well and a film degree and worked in that industry for a number of years. Um, so that's what Moonstream came out of. And I can go into that too, JP. I didn't know if you were unmuting to say something, so I didn't want didn't to hog the space too much from you. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, that's, it's always uh, interesting to see how, how the journey began. So thank you for that in your introduction. Uh, I am going to ask you, however, you did say something interesting is that you kind of stumbled into it because uh, you were fascinated by the technology. But I do want to put a spotlight on that moment when you decided, hey, you know what? Web3 is for me. Uh, what was it for you? Yeah, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to either like show myself to be like a total idiot here or everyone will be like, yeah, we kind of did the same thing. So the first time I ever heard about blockchain was actually, and I'm going to be kicking myself, I had a friend that showed me the Bitcoin white paper in like 2010, uh, wow. and I read it. And I was like, this makes so much sense. This is great. Where can I buy one? He's like, well, you got to mine it. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And he was like, well, you know, it costs more than electricity. The electricity costs more than the coin right now and whatever. And I was like, okay, I'll look into that sometime. Totally forgot about it, like an idiot. Um, right. but, but the white paper stuck out to me at that time. I would be like, this makes a lot of sense. 
Um, mm-hmm. So then it, it kind of really just sat in the background of my mind. And what, again, what I'm saying, what brought me into the world was the utility of, you know, it, it, it matured, right? Like we all know that uh, <clears throat> obviously it would have been great if I'd acted on it at the moment, but Hey, you live and you learn. I was involved in a couple other ventures and focused on that at the time. Um, but the utility of the space really expanded, right? And now we're at a place where you've got Ethereum, Solana, Bitcoin. There's really so many ways that you can use this space. And the way that you know Ethereum or Solana uses blockchain with decentralized kind of utility is very different than how uh, Bitcoin really started. So that's that. the moment I think that it kind of clicked for me is, again, I read that white paper way back when I was like, this makes a lot of sense from a math perspective as far as trusting the idea of a blockchain this idea of let's i'm trusting the code right like i'm trusting mm-hmm. the math i'm not trusting the person that that piece clicked to me the very first time i read the bitcoin white paper i was like this whole idea of a blockchain is great like this answers a lot of problems then i think you know like i said about a year ago when i started getting an ipfs and seeing how that trust can be related to so many different industries um this is probably about a year and a half ago that again was like kind of this another aha moment and uh you know fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me i was like i'm gonna do something with this right like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna forget about it or sideline it this time this is an amazing technology and there's just ripe application in the film world um having come from the film industry i I, you know have a degree in film production and i i worked on a number of projects uh feature films and then in the commercial space as well uh, and actually had to have a film company that did a kind of a micro budget film back in the 2013, 2015 years uh, that did fairly well, um, really in large part because of the communal aspect, which is another thing that drew me, drew me to blockchain because community is so important to so many projects. Uh, at that time, um, Facebook groups were really big and we made a film that was kind of f- focusing on this niche form of like jazz, Lindy dancing and it kind of exploded. You know, these groups ran with it all across the world. We ended up premiering in like 80 or 90 theaters across the globe and got translated into like 14, um, 12 or 14 languages, something like that. Uh, And it was like a really big testament to the power of individual. You know, I think in in this space, we often call them retail investors. Um, But I like to just call it, you know, everyday people like you and me. Um, So then having that experience and seeing the blockchain technology, I said, there's this massive hole in film kind of in the relationship of viewers, creators, and backers. In our current film industry, we're really in kind of a consumer model, right? There's these kind of traditional studios that are large and they have the funds to make films. And then as viewers, we just kind of consume and there's not really a two-way street. And with Moonstream, we want to change that. You know, we think that each part of that triangle is really important. So giving everyday people, retail investors, the opportunity to invest in new films or shows that they like and creators that are maybe growing up um, from you know, far reaches of the world. A lot of these creators, right. it's never been cheaper to make quality content, but there's a huge bottleneck when it comes to the ability to get funding or even to have a platform to get exposure, right? Like, I mean you got these creators all over the world that don't have the ability to get to Hollywood or have the contacts in Hollywood. And I feel like this is in in large part why Ad Lunum was created, right? Like the same kind of concept as these bottlenecks that exist, that if you can break those, you really unleash so much potential. Um, And then on the viewer side, viewers can be more than consumers. You know, viewers, you know, with Moonstream, we're kind of building out this idea of like watch to earn that as you're viewing, um, you're participating in that process. And there's a lot of ways we've built out to kind of incentivize and allow viewers to earn um, for their efforts. So, and I can go into that more, but that's kind of a high level overview of where Moonstream came out of. Certainly. I mean, th- that is fascinating that you, you you speak about how you made that connection between, you know, okay, this is an, this is an area that we could apply blockchain, but at the same time, recognizing the power of the individual, right? Uh, and I think that that's, that really encapsulates what, uh, you know, what, what blockchain, what blockchain and of course, cryptocurrencies have been. It's been about empowering the individual to be able to, to do more, to, to uh, live more, to be more, 
All right. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that thought. Um, I'm curious to understand, though, and I'm certain my, the viewers are on, on this, uh, sorry, the listeners are on this, on this program as well. Um, you know, how did you, how did you see the two of them fit uh, more specifically in, in, uh, in the process where you could apply blockchain? Because I'm certain that's a, a great area for a lot of us. It is, you know, I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and says, hey, you know what, today I want to be a Hollywood producer. Let me yeah. see what the process is. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so for those not familiar, even those not familiar with the film industry, I think this would kind of probably sound familiar. There is actually a term, you can look it up on Wikipedia, called Hollywood accounting. And it's basically a legal form of ripping off your investors. Um, in the film industry... Uh, we have a term that we say, you know, the real creatives on film, they're not the screenwriters, they're the accountants. And that's why all, all your major films, they don't make money on paper. Um, you know, Return of the Jedi didn't make money. Um, many other films like that didn't make money uh, on paper. And that's because from a Hollywood accounting process, there's so many ways to hide the profits of films. Um, and because of kind of the traditional model where studios sort of are the the gateway to getting funding and getting exposure, um, they can hire the accountants to do that. And what happens is, you know, studios don't really want retail investors in Hollywood. They're not looking for retail investors to jump in. Filmmaking is done pretty much the same way today it was, a, you know, 100 years ago. Like, honestly, you know, there's large studios that have the funds and the ability to take the risk because film is, you know, it is a risk like any industry to inject in a film. And then they take that and they have the connections to then get that seen mm -hmm. by people through TV and theater. Um, but the retail investor, when you do see, you know, these indie projects where they're trying to raise funds for a project, a lot of times there's a well-intentioned filmmaker who goes out and he might raise, you know, a million or $2 million for his film. He gets it made, he distributes it. Those investors, even though the filmmaker had great intentions, never see their returns back, even if that film does well. And that's because they, they sell it to a large distribution company who then sells it to another company who sells it to another company. And all those profits are shielded all the way back to those investors. So they never make money. So this is obviously uh, an area of a major trust issue, um, which for those involved in blockchain, it's like, hey, we might have something that can help with that. <laughs> um, so there is a major trust problem, right? There's a problem with the fact that the accounting is obscured. So from the investor side, that's where blockchain made so much sense, right? It's like, hey, we can use automatic programmable accounting logic to compensate investors immediately. And that would be impossible in the traditional film space. I mean, if you had a traditional film with 10,000 or 20,000 micro investors, the accounting headache and saying like, hey, this film, you know, this week, this film made this much money. Now I'm going to like pay these 20,000 people their little bit of that that they're owed. That would be a massive migraine day for that accountant. And it really just isn't feasible. But with blockchain, it's you write the code and you deploy it and you're done. And that's what we've done with Moonstream. So just to kind of give a brief overview, our, our website, moonstream.com. You can go there right now and check it out. We have like a lot of the features up and live, but disabled as far as viewing and backing projects go. But we have our site split into three sections, right? A watch portal, a market portal, and a fund portal. So the idea is that a creator, a filmmaker from anywhere in the world can put a film in the fund portal and say, hey, I want to make this film. They have a minimum and a maximum budget. And they associate an NFT collection with that film. Then backers can check out these films and say, hey, I love this. You know, I saw this guy's, uh, this director's project previously. I loved it. I want to invest in this. So they choose to pledge towards that project. And once the project meets its minimum budget, the NFTs release to those backers. Um, and depending on how the project's set up, uh, those backers and that token kind of represents their stake in the project. And that allows them that when that project um, gets made and moves to the, the watch portal, as people watch it, uh, and funds are made, that project just has a single wallet that represents that film or that show, right? And any funds made for that show flow to that wallet. And a program sits on top of that wallet and just automatically mm -hmm. distributes those funds to whoever holds the NFTs that represent that project. And it's done programmatically and automatically using blockchain. Um, 
and that's not anything that exists, you know, in the film world today, you can't have something like that. And our, our marketplace, of course, allows people to back a project and then trade, you know, out different projects that they like, maybe sell the NFTs that represent certain projects, buy into new ones, but it opens up a whole world of possibilities for everyday people who might like to watch shows, but also might like to get behind some. And it lets creators from anywhere kind of break that mold and get funding for what they're doing um, and actually reward their backers without having to be professional accountants, right? They can drop an NFT collection of 10,000 and make a movie and the program just takes care of it on the blockchain. Uh, and it automatically compensates people okay. and everyone can see the, see the transactions and it's clear, right? There's no wondering what went where. Yeah. Exactly. And like, and like you said before, there, there isn't any uh, creative accounting happening while, while you can see all of that happening at the same time, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what it helps avoid. Now, you know, what we're working on in this space is like, yes, we want to give filmmakers the opportunity to like fund a film through the portal, have it on the watch portal, but also go do theatrical runs, also go do TV runs. Um, and when they do that, there is the potential for, you know, that person that they sell that TV station to maybe try to obscure some of the funds. And to kind of combat that, we're, we're taking kind of the future approach of like, hey, kind of having this idea of like verified versus unverified, right? Like a creator can say, yeah. hey, this project, we have all the rights, we're going to take it out wherever we will. Investors need to know that up front. Or kind of taking the approach of saying, hey, we've like worked with this investor and, you know, um, whether they want to set it up so that token holders have to approve any distribution deal outside of, you know, the blockchain essentially, right. um, or whether, you know, Moonstream has to approve that, whatever that is, that's a, a piece we're working on. Cause we don't want to limit the exposure that a project gets. Cause it's a fantastic opportunity to bring value on chain. Um, because if you can take your film, you can stick it on a TV station, you can stick it in a theater and the right. funds that come in for that then just flow back to that platform wallet and distribute out on the chain. It's a great way to onboard value um, in the blockchain space, which benefits everyone. Exactly. Uh, that's th and thank you for that, uh, Jay, because uh, that you know that does really put the spotlight on 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 where the where the system can can find so much improvements. Because one of the things I think that you know uh, a lot of us. Uh, a statement a lot of us may have come across is, of course, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Uh, right. And, and at the same time, <laughs> and, and at the same time, we've got these business models uh, like that 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 evolved from uh, you know renting movies to uh, like like blockbuster, uh, you know, uh, downloading movies, and then of course online streaming that that that's happening. Um, th this seems to be the natural progression. So, with the the with Moonstream, like like you're doing. Uh, do you see that as uh, the next evolution, or do you, do you do you still see that there's going to be a few iterations before this settles in, uh, you know, and, and a lot more people join into the system? Uh, what are some of the 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 flaws also from the earlier models that you see that uh, Moonstream may have been able to solve? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I do. I do think that what Moonstream's doing is kind of this like absolute next step. It's almost a no brainer. You know, we're very new in the space. So we started building this year, um, have an awesome development team. We've really only been out uh, kind of public a couple months as far as like, Hey, we kind of built this whole like fund portal on the basis of the platform. And then really only the last couple of weeks, have we started reaching out and trying to let people know, Hey, we've kind of built this really cool platform. Um, <laughs> and part of the reason we're moving so quickly is because this just makes sense, right? Like, it's kind of like, wow, I can't believe someone didn't think of this before. Um, and the reason it makes sense is because you see people always kind of wanting to engage in the, in the Hollywood industry, in the filmmaking industry, right? There's always kind of been this allure of like, um, in the film world, there's this kind of subsect of indie films of like investors kind of having this fun, like, you know, hey, putting money into this film, what if it blows up? But then on the viewer side, you know, you have this interest in that space. People have their favorite shows. If you go to a party, um, inevitably somewhere at that party, someone's talking about like, hey, this is this show I was just watching. It's really cool. Like, I really enjoy it or, you know, this or that, right? So there's a lot of this interest, but the model is built in a way that really doesn't engage kind of the everyday user. Uh, it is really just like a consumer one-way street. And kind of the part of, 
web three that's really emerging is the strong communal aspect this idea that like hey we're gonna partake in this kind of free market and we're all gonna benefit as a result um and be upfront about it so that's where moonstream i think comes in with kind of the next wave of iteration is instead of just like turning on the tv and consuming just you know watching and having no feedback there's this idea that like mm-hmm. viewers are are more than a consumer so with Moonstream, with our viewers, what we're planning to do is like initially in our watch portal, we've got loaded a ton of classic films. Um, and that's because launching things in our fun portal, uh, we're going to do that very soon, launch some original projects, but it's going to take time for those to hit the watch portal. So what are gonna, viewers going to do in that meantime? Uh, well, we've got a, a curated kind of collection of all these classic films. And we want to launch our watch to earn. And what that lets viewers do is watch these films. And we're going to do things like every month we'll have like a, a high value NFT Easter egg inserted in the background of a couple of films. And as viewers watch, if they see that NFT, the first viewer to name the films, name the time codes, claims the NFT. Because viewers kind of connect their wallet as they're viewing, their public you know, wallet address is visible and noble to the platform. They can say, hey, this is the, uh, this is the Easter egg for the month, right? Or doing things right. like, um, whitelist or weekly NFT giveaways where we can say, hey, you know, you stream for four minutes today, you're in the running for the day's giveaway. Or do you checked in, you know, three times this week, you streamed a little bit. Great. We have a weekly NFT giveaway. And the way that's sustainable, because that business model is like, how do you sustain that kind of like watch to earn model? I think that in this day, like this current time, the like blank to earn you've seen that kind of crop up in a lot of industries, right? Like insert whatever to earn. Um, And I think that's because there's a lot of kind of validity there for users, but oftentimes you can get either kind of a platform coin that maybe has no value or it's not sustainable, right? It's kind of like propped up by some venture capitalist funding and there's no way to like kind of sustain that earn value. Um, With Moonstream, the way we want to kind of make that a sustainable business model is when users sign up on the platform, by default, they can just start playing and watching. We have three tiers for the viewers. Um, right. The first tier is kind of this privacy ads tier, sort of taking a brave browser approach where there's kind of like one to two ads of the day. We're not doing data harvesting or we're trying to figure out, you know, what your social security number is or, or what your, you know, how many kids you have or your blood type. Um, instead it's just like across the platform, you know, this advertiser puts their ad on, we want to focus on web three communities. You know, they can advertise and say, Hey, you know, this is our ad and it just shows to everyone and that's free. So you can watch, you see a five to 10 second ad, then you get to watch your film. Um, that's the free tier. And then above that, there's kind of two paid tiers where you can pay for like a five day subscription or a 30 day subscription, um, and not see any ads. The revenue that comes in from either those ads or the subscriptions that revenue has a chunk of it, a percentage of it, that's just automatically allocated to the watch right. to earn sort of wallet pool on the platform. And that gives the platform the ability to say like, hey, we have this revenue coming in, we're just allocating this chunk over to the watch to earn pool. And that means the platform's gonna be doing, you know, sweeping floors on projects or buying new NFTs or buying new crypto, giving away crypto to, to users. And it kind of, you know, our goal is to make it really fun and engage the right. community. So it's kind of like you're watching and you're building up that pool. And then you're also having the ability of, you know, to be in the running to win some of this watch to earn, earn, uh, you know, crypto essentially. Uh, so that's kind of our model for making that a sustainable approach long-term um, and really helping engage viewers in a way that's not done uh, currently in Hollywood at all. Right now yeah, you just pay I, 20 I, bucks to go to the theater, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, it, it, it is early days still, and I'm certain that, you know, we eventually pray that everyone migrates to, uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, a system where you have a watch to earn, so you, you don't have to go to, to different places and you can enjoy it in the comfort of your own home. Uh, but that being said, I, I do want to give a shout out to your content curator, because like you said, you've got some of the classics. And as I was browsing through the Moonstream site, I mean, the one that got me was, of course, Night of the Living Dead, right? That's that's like an all-time yep. favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And if you browse through the site, we kind of name, you know, every, you know, you go to Hulu or Netflix and it's like action adventure. And these are the different rows yeah. of categories, right? We just, Web3 is our birthplace and that's what we're leaning into for our initial launch. So we've got fun little titles up there that the team put together, you know, 
not going to make it DJ and delights is one of my favorites. It's just like the best worst films of all time. I posted that to the space, um, you know, wag me classics, scared ape couch club for our thrillers, which is where you'll find your night of the living dead. There's just some, some great classic films in here that a lot of people probably have never seen. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of kind of like fun to be had on the platform, even before the original content hits the streaming platform. Uh, yeah, exactly. And for those of you, those of you that have recommendations, please feel free to do tweet them into Moonstream. I'm certain that they will take those recommendations. And, yeah, and absolutely. Love it. <laughs> Obviously, we have to clear up licensing rights. So if you if you tweet the Matrix at us, I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to uh, acquit that request. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's only time classics for now. Cult classics will follow, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, cult classics will be made, right? That's what I mean. We have some really cool um, projects in the works. Uh, we don't have anything exactly locked in with a date that I want to announce, but we've talked with a, num <clears throat> a number of filmmakers um, that have a, a, a handful of different projects that we're kind of like wanting to sort of be like the first kind of collection of projects that launched through the fund portal. Um, right. you know, things from, you know, animated shorts to, uh, mm -hmm. kind of these really like fun documentaries focused in the kind of web world, um, <clears throat> to more traditional, you know, film type projects. So I, I think that, um, there'll be some really cool content that comes out of it in the kind of moonstream space, a really new term that's just kind of emerged is what they call film three. And it's okay. obviously a riff on web three, right? Yeah. But the term is film three, and it's kind of like any type of film or media project that has to do or is associated with blockchain in some way. So there's a couple projects mm -hmm. that recently did just sort of a NFT kind of collector's collection. Um, they dropped the NFTs and then they made a film. It's like one or two. Um, and then there's a couple more in the works from creators that are in the blockchain space. And they're like, hey, I like to make movies. This is my movie pitch. I'm just kind of dropping this nft collection is sort of like more of a, a kickstarter charitable kind of giving right you like buy this nft as a collector item um and mm -hmm. i'll make this movie or i'll make this show um and we hope that moonstream will be a platform you know we want the watch portal we want that to be something for creators that regardless of where they launch you don't need to launch through moonstream i think that mm -hmm. if you've launched your film by selling an NFT collection, um, you made it out somewhere else on a different launch pad or you did your custom site. Great. Like we want to be an outlet for these types mm -hmm. of movies. So it's like, we will be reaching out to these creators as these projects come to fruition and they actually have a finished product and say, Hey, you know, we're going to have a web three originals row on our site, load your mm -hmm. content in here receive the rewards um, in our marketplace. We plan to be sort of uniquely focused on film three collections, right? So the whole marketplace in our site will be all NFT collections that are associated with films or shows in some ways, regardless of whether, you know, they launch through Moonstream. We want to be a lot more than our fund port. You don't have to start there, but we have that there um, if people want to use it. But the marketplace lets us, you know, tap these creators that are across the ecosystem right now, some on Solana, some on Ethereum, who have, you know, kind of funded a project yeah. and are making it. Once they complete, we'll be like, hey, onboard here, show your film, let's throw your collection up in the marketplace. We want the marketplace yeah. on Midstream to be a place that if you're like, hey, I want to invest in the Film 3 space or I want to trade in the Film 3 kind of collection space, that's the oh. place you go, that marketplace. So we're working really hard to build cross-chain um mm -hmm. our watch portal is already we've we've built out solana and ethereum wallet support and integration mm -hmm. um and our marketplace that's what we're working on right now is building out kind of this ability to be a cross-chain environment where you're seeing solana and ethereum based nft collections side by side in the marketplace um so that creators can choose whichever you know kind of blockchain and we want to expand beyond that but those are two of kind of the large ones in the nft and creative space right now so that's why we're starting with those um yeah. and kind of you know see those collections side by side is really fun um and we're kind of mm -hmm. working on the metrics to allow you know using wormhole to let someone who's maybe a solana uh user say hey i really like this ethereum nft 
Um, and instead of having to go spin up their Ethereum wallet, letting them from their Solana wallet kind of purchase that, pull that NFT over on Wormhole into their Solana wallet, just really make it easier for, for community members on either blockchain to participate yeah. in collections on either side. So there's some metrics that. there that yeah. are difficult to solve, but we are working on it. And of course, you know, the easy part is launching probably first um, will be, hey, <laughs> get a wallet for, for one or the other. We'll have them side by side. Yeah. Certainly. Uh, and, you know, that I think that that leads me back to uh, one of the particular points that that, uh, th that we wanted to focus on today being in this city in. Right. Uh, we, we found an easy or rather you found an easy way with Moonstream to help capital flow into uh, the creative process of developing movies uh, of, of independence, having now an avenue to be able to cap uh, to get capital. But we, we can't discount the fact that you have these large studios that have, you know, uh, heavy capital investment, tons yep. of, uh, you know, inferno computers that are able to create these magical graphics that, uh, that, that do that. Um, but at the same time, so, uh, you know, you, you, we have to wonder, uh, will this be the new avenue for that funding to occur for these magical stories that get told on the silver screen? So I think that there is a massive market opportunity here in that your traditional independent film market, there's no money to be made in your traditional in indie market, but specifically in your Kickstarter or Indiegogo or crowdsource funding. That's what most people think about when they think of like, right, a film not made by a studio. They're like, oh, it was crowdsource funding, which is really kind of just a charitable contribution. There's never been a market for crowdsourced kind of retail investing into a film project. Uh, and now we're working with our legal team because obviously there's some regulatory constraints that we need to make sure we work within. Um, mm -hmm. But there are a lot of places in the world where that's pretty wide open um, for users there. Uh, but US-based users, you know, making sure that we are in line is very important. So we have engaged a very, um, let's just say, a great legal firm that's very familiar with the blockchain space to make sure that, that things are in line there for the US audience. Um, but outside of that, there's a lot of opportunity. The concept here of people, even just from the collector side, even if you were just thinking of these NFTs, um, you know, the creator wants to launch these as a, as a collectible, as an art piece that like you know, goes along with the film. It's more than just a charitable contribution and you get um, you know, a signed copy of the script, you're getting an actual NFT. Um, it opens up a whole world of retail funds where it makes sense for people to put funds into these movies. And right. there's compensation like that. This, this kind of investment for them grows in its value over time, right? The idea that there's other people that want to trade in this artwork or whatever it is. Um, and there's a market for that. And we've never seen that, right? So currently that's why studios are the ones that really take the risk. There's never been this kind of market opportunity for everyone around the world to be able to say like, Hey, I got 10 bucks. I'm going to like, you know, buy into this film project and support it. Cause I want to see it. And then I also get an NFT as a result. And I think it opens up a market mm -hmm. cap that could be potentially huge. Um, mm -hmm. It, it kind of feels like this opportunity of like, uh, you know, I say this with love to all of us in the blockchain space, but the fool triumphant, right? Like traditional, traditional accounting doesn't love, uh, you know, they're like, ah, crypto, it's these idiots over there. It's volatile. You're going to lose all your money, right? But there's this yeah. huge opportunity here for people in the space that it's like, we can break into this new industry um, mm -hmm. and leveraging the power of just how many individual retail investors are in the space. Um, mm -hmm. There's a potential for a pretty strong return, especially I think once you start seeing some films get funded and get made and those collections increase in value and it makes sense for the retail users who were, you know, backing those projects, I think mm -hmm. you're the, the storm just builds from there, right? People are like, wow, this is amazing. And then there's this whole new market that breaks out. So yeah, initially, absolutely. Are these films going to be lower budget than what you see in Hollywood? For sure. But long-term, you know, yeah, Netflix dumps, you know, 12 or 15 billion in, um, yeah. you know, to their streaming this year. And that's like this insane amount to the film industry, right. right? For a streaming platform. But when you tap the power of retail investors around the world and we say, hey, we've built this, this model where anyone can contribute a little bit, like 
that 12 to 15 billion dollars it becomes a drop in the bucket to the potential that's out there right so but getting there is there's a lot of challenges along the way i'm not saying it's easy by any means i'm just saying that it's a it's an open opportunity um mm-hmm. and one that we want to provide to people uh yeah mm-hmm. absolutely there'll be competition that crops up along the way it'll be interesting to see how some of the traditional studios pivot to it. Um, traditionally, the film industry has not been good at recognizing change and changing, which is part of the reason we did Moonstream is because, you know, when Netflix yeah. came along, the whole film industry was like, ah, the stupid internet thing. No one really, yeah. no one really watches this. No one really cares. And they were way behind the ball, right? And then Netflix, interestingly enough, uh, really yeah. kind of worked its way back to becoming a legacy studio versus continuing to push forward, in my opinion. Um, you know, they kind of started this like cutting edge internet, like the world's their oyster. And then they worked really hard for the Academy Awards and to move back into more of that traditional studio role um, that has a streaming platform, which is fine, obviously worked well for them. Um, but I'm just saying that there's opportunity for kind of a David Goliath situation in the sense of these light, agile kind of Web3 communities to take advantage of an industry that is pretty set in its ways. Um I think that that means that a lot of the creators that partake on this platform will probably be outside of the traditional Hollywood circle initially. And there's tons of them. <laughs> I, I can, I can, I could imagine. I mean, um, you know, I, I think that what, what you're trying to do also in a way is, is paving a way for more um, stronger storytelling to, and, and this, this is also, uh, you know, in, in line with some of the classics that you uh, you've you've lined up, of course, on on Moonstream. Uh, there was a very different feel, a very different flavor of storytelling, uh, you know, during that particular time, as opposed to storytelling requiring that amount of high budget, uh, you know, extra special effects and CGI's and making actors look like they were just, you know, uh, 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 teenagers, right? Um, yeah, but, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's something time, that I, yeah, hundred percent. It's open up to. Go ahead. The, uh, no, I was just going to say, I think something that these classic films that you see on there, you know, at the time, they were all original stories, right? Like they weren't right. the fifth iteration in a franchise. I love franchise mm-hmm. films. Don't get me wrong. Fast and the Furious, I will always go see the newest Fast and the Furious film. But there is more than that out there, right? And I do think that a lot of the studios now you have seen storytelling kind of take a back seat. Um, and instead we're kind of, you know, because it's such a large capital risk, they don't want to risk on a, on a new thing as much. Right. So you're seeing like the reiteration of the same story over and over again in the same franchise, um, which can be enjoyable to an extent, but it leaves a void in the space. I think there's a lot of people that want to watch kind of quality original storytelling that are interested in deeper lore. And what's interesting is aside from kind of film three or what Moonstream's doing, in the blockchain space, you've seen a lot of projects pop up around kind of like intellectual property rights for sort of collective storytelling or lore building um, and communities that are building kind of these stories and lore. And I think that those kind of communities have so much opportunity with a platform like Moonstream because they've kind of got this like built in, like they're a bunch of people that are writing these really cool stories collectively you know, leveraging blockchain to like merge in their commits and whatnot. Um, And right now it's just a story, but now they have an opportunity with Moonstream to be like, Hey, there's this community of, you know, 60,000 people that have like developed Mm -hmm. this really cool world and these really cool stories. Like let's connect them with a really burgeoning producer or filmmaker and let's bring Mm -hmm. that to life. And that, that lets them take their community that already loves this story and knows it and they get to put a screenplay and bring it to life um, on the Moonstream platform. So again, we envision this platform being kind of a way like, hey, use it and abuse it. You know, these yeah. communities can come here and use this thing to bring their ideas to life. And I think the, the, the initial foot in the door is hard, but that potential for exponential growth as mm-hmm. communities on board, you know, as these story communities with their 50, 60,000 followers, bring their film, bring that to life, that brings in more people to their community, brings more awareness of their story. And then another platform does the same thing. And we're launching these original projects. Uh, I think that eventually the avalanche just kind of rips. 
but it's surviving yeah. until you kind of get to that tipping point, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's all about it's all about momentum, and you know the, the same way that that franchises kick off because there's there's been something powerful at the beginning, uh, and it just has to snowball in the right direction, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. But really, you know, there are a lot of filmmakers and I'll just touch on this briefly. <laughs> it has never sure. been cheaper mm-hmm. and easier to make high quality media projects in the history of the world. Never been easier to do and never been cheaper. And in a lot of ways, it's also never been harder to get that content seen um, in such a saturated kind of traditional Hollywood market. And what I mean by that is for a relatively low budget, a mm-hmm. lot of creators around the world can get quality camera equipment, shoot in HD, shoot in 4K, record decent sound. They can make decent content. The, the cost of this equipment is way down. I mean, the cost of camera equipment, even in the 1990s, was huge compared to what it is today. It is very attainable for someone to say, hey, I want to get a 4K camera. Not that hard to do. You know, uh, do some odd jobs on the side, like you can get one, right? So it's never been a more accessible for people to make kind of like higher quality content, a big bottleneck here is the distribution aspect. So that's where Moonstream comes in. And I think that why I said earlier, I think a lot of our early players will be outside the traditional Hollywood circle. There'll be these people that are out there grinding, these people that are out there working, that have a passion and a vision for a project, um, but they're outside that traditional realm of being able to get it made. And you bring blockchain and the Web3 communities along, and all of a sudden you can be shining the spotlight all across the world, no matter where you live. True, true. Um, I can so- totally see that because this is, uh, you know, as you were suggesting, one of the ways that 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 blockchain will help fledgling, uh, rather upcoming artists or upcoming make uh, movie makers or people who want to express that creative idea, the creative storytelling uh, through a, a medium like like film or or video. Uh, you know, this this does gives them the the opportunity to to do that. So, yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that on that same part. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the stories that can be told from around the world, and even the mediums that you might see emerge, um, different than the traditional medium. You know, someone in yeah. uh, the middle of South America might make their show a little bit differently than we've traditionally seen it. So, I I think it'll be really fun to see what creatives out there do given the platform um, and given the opportunity. Certainly. This, this does look like uh, exciting times ahead. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 certainly. I mean, like I, I agree with you about the, the, you know, the, the quantum of opportunities that this does bring to the table to, to people who are looking for finance, because that's of course one of the quick, one of the, one of the biggest hurdles there. Uh, that being said, being on this particular trend, Jay, what do you see as, for example, the, the future of, of filmmaking as a whole? Because you, you've walked us through, um, you know, each, each stage of the way from, from creative accounting to, to some of the distribution to how they don't see profits to, to now having the ability to crowdfund your, your own uh, production, your, your own uh, venture. What, what other avenues can, can you set, shed a spotlight on that will lead us to to see the future of filmmaking as as you understand it as an industry insider. Yeah, I think that avenue has already started with um, kind of engagement. I mean, you see, you know, online, right? When like a franchise drops a new film, you'll mm-hmm. see a part of that loyal fan base be really, really pissed off, right? Like whether it's the new Star Wars or whatever it is, right? Like people grow these kind of attachments to these stories, and they can get really upset. Uh, when it deviates and, a, and that has a little bit of an impact, but it's like a post impact, right? That the film's already been made. Like someone already spent two to three years making that movie. It comes out. It's like, sorry, you're upset, but this is the movie, right? I think that <clears throat> the feedback cycle between kind of a viewer base and a creator stands to really change from what it is now. You know, if you're cool. talking about a filmmaker being able to turn out, a new show or a new movie and build a loyal following of just even 20 to 30,000 people that would probably sustain most filmmakers uh, on a platform like Moonstream around the world where they can kind of keep turning out content, original content that their community, their community's interested in. 
And I think there's a lot of potential for kind of because we're so integrated with the internet for feedback along the way. So something we are looking into is the opportunity for viewer participation or spectator participation uh, and how that plays out. Um, and I, I'm not going to get too far into that because it's kind of a, an emerging space, but you see that mm -hmm. in kind of like this choose your own adventure model where spectators are able yeah. to participate. Um, but I think with the world of VR, there's a lot of really cool potentials for how viewers actually participate in the active storyline of a project. Um, and again, yeah. we would be a platform that would allow a creator to kind of take these creative ideas and implement them as mm -hmm. they want to. Um, and I think that on the platform, there's a lot of room down the road for mm -hmm. filmmakers or creators or kind of like even influencers, so to speak, to evolve in a space where it's like, hey, these are my picks, right? Like on the fun yeah. portal, if we've got thousands up there, you might have a couple mm -hmm. kind of like key individuals that people really, uh, they like how they pick projects, right? They like the story types that they pick and that kind of thing. And kind of create an opportunity for these individuals to be like, hey, this is a collection of my picks for like upcoming projects mm -hmm. or on the, the platform itself, projects that are streaming being like, hey, these are my picks of projects that like I love. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for um, just everyday people to kind of like build their own niche in the way that they kind of back projects, but then also in the way that they influence the new kind of material being made. And I think that mm -hmm. aspect of influence is not something that you really see. Um, you know, really studios, they do polls to kind of try to figure out, hey, where are people at these days what are people thinking and a, a lot of it is broadcast right they're just trying to appeal to sort of you know, with streaming platforms like netflix you kind of have your niche projects that they'll make like a niche one here and there but a lot of times it's kind of like they're saying hey what's like the general dynamic of society right now we're going to make something that appeals to that i think with moonstream you have the opportunity to really allow creators to to drive in on a particular point build a community around it and not have to be kind of beholden to this idea of, hey, 500 million people have to dig this project. You know, maybe only 50,000 or 100,000 people like this project. That's enough to keep that project going. Mm, of course, of course. Wow. Okay, that's a, that's a lot to digest. And, and, and I'm glad that you were able to put a spotlight on that and also, you know, uh, share with us these these insights, Jay. Pre much appreciated. Um my my last question to you before I, I open up questions to the audience in the room um, is as a as a person who's you know worn so many hats across so many ventures uh, and is creating something path breaking where you're you're disrupting in an in industry. Um, what would be your personal message to the audience listening in today? What would you like them to know? It might be cliche, but you're early. <laughs> um, you know, film three, this really is early. I, I think yeah. that this industry is one of the first kind of iterations of, I won't get too long-winded on this, but it, it took 30 years for the internet to become what people thought it was going to be, right? Bill Gates, right. Um, Steve Jobs, when they, were, when they were pitching the internet in the early 90s, you look back at these videos, it's like, you're going to be able to shop online. You're going to be yeah. able to do this online, right? It really wasn't until, and it was kind of moved along a bit by the pandemic, but it took 30 years from 90s to really 2020 until we're actually the thing that people thought it was gonna be. Um, Blockchain-based technologies are moving at a much faster rate than that. It's an exponential growth. I mean, that's a term that you see out there. Uh, so I think that this kind of film three industry is a natural progression of how this technology affects the marketplace. And I think it is early. But I do think that the ecosystem, I don't think this would have worked three years ago. I don't think there was enough of, of a maturity or robustness in the blockchain right. space for something like this to have worked, um, you know, in the 2000 teens. I think that the marketplace is at a point now where something like this will work. Uh, and I think that it's just being born. So you're early. I would mm -hmm. get on board for the ride. And I also, if you like NFTs and you, and you think they're kind of a cool thing from a collector or investor front, I think that mm -hmm. the first couple of projects that launch on Moonstream, just because they'll be the first ones to kind of do that, stand yeah. to um, be really unique and really cool pieces of art and um, a really unique kind of project to be exposed to. So <laughs> I would keep your eye out. <laughs> 
Well, well, certainly. And uh, Jay, you've, you you have spoken to us about that from a, a project point of view. Uh, as a as a leader in this particular space, what's your personal philosophy? That's that's what I was going for. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. My personal philosophy really, honestly, revolves around truth. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you see a lot of people talking about storytelling, and I personally, um, I think that good storytelling comes out of exploring good truth. So I think one of the things with Moonstream that we want to encourage on creators is like try to uncover some kind of truth, be focused on the truth of the world. That's what drives people. When you look at people and they talk about story, it's not just a formula. It's that a filmmaker is saying something about the world that resonates with that individual. And what that looks like, it can be an action and adventure flick. It can be, I'm not saying it needs to be this deep pensive thing. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. the stories that people, the films that people love, the stories Mm -hmm. that are unique and original, that originality becomes from there's an element of honesty from the filmmaker's side of trying to explore or touch on something that's true to the human experience. Um, and uh, that's kind of my personal philosophy is like, I want to see projects. There's people that have different political opinions, different philosophical opinions, but driving towards trying to drive towards this idea of like uncover some kind of truth in the process. I think that's what makes really powerful storytelling. I think that when people look at storytelling as a formula, mm-hmm. aside mm-hmm. from truth, they lose yeah. a lot of power there. And, and that can be an animated film. That can be whatever it is. Um, I think humans are driven by stories that uncover something that resonates uh, with our human experience uh, as a kind of collective race. And I think that there's a lot of potential for that in the, um, in the indie world. And also in the in the filmmaking world across the world. So that that is that is uh, absolutely true. <laughs> totally, because there's only so many times you can repeat Othello uh, before you know the formulas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know they talk about Shakespeare being like the greatest of all time, right? Yeah. Like just because you mentioned that. What's really interesting about Shakespeare is he was popular at this time. All his stories were unoriginal. Most, I shouldn't say all, most of his plays. Uh, mm-hmm. Macbeth, Hamlet, these stories, they were not yeah. original f- formulas. Like a lot of them were like the structure, the what happens, the who gets killed. These mm-hmm. were iterations that he, that had already been done. So it wasn't like the plot reveal that was kind of this like, wow, this is so great of, of his side. It was like the dialogue, the content, the truth that he was trying to kind of uncover or explore in his different projects that appealed to the audience mm-hmm. at the time. And obviously over time. I think that right. filmmakers can do the same thing. And personally, you're just asking me about my personal desires. That's what I desire to see. You know, I desire to see the next Shakespeare of the world in the sense of someone that makes works that are watched, you know, a thousand years in the future. I want to see that developed on Moonstream. That's what I want to see. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 certain, I'm certain that you've already created the opportunity for that. And, and the more that, that people start, start interacting with it, the more we're going to see that, that happen. Hey, thank you very much. We, we certainly hope so. And um, we appreciate all the support. And that's the stage we're at is getting out there telling people about what we're building. And um, really, if we're able to successfully engage and build something that people enjoy, I think that the, the rest takes care of itself. Well, yeah, um, I'm, I'm certain it does. Fing, fing, and fingers crossed, of course, uh, I do have uh, one person who's requested to, to ask a question. So, Jay, if you're ready, let me see if I can turn, uh, add them on as a speaker. And, yeah, let's let's have them on board. Absolutely. Sounds great. Okay. Um, it looks like it's approved, but let me see. Okay. In the meantime, I do have another question that's come in. Uh, sure. I do have another question that's come in from ND. And ND wants to know, do you believe uh, Watch to Earn will open more jobs for internships and filmmaking? Yeah, go for it. Um, hundred. I think that Moonstream as a whole will open up mm-hmm. a whole new slew of jobs. Um, internships, yeah, absolutely, potentially. I think actual jobs that are more than an internship. Um, mm-hmm. The Watch to Earn model, you know, if we build a viewer base and but that's what I'm getting at where I'm saying if we open up the potential for a filmmaker anywhere in the, anywhere in the world to make a film, all of mm-hmm. a sudden you have these industries that can be popping up 
all across yeah. the world, regardless of the country you live in. That's really where blockchain came from, right? It was this promise that yeah. like this borderless transaction that isn't bound by your physical location. And that's what Moonstream is for the film industry. It's like, you don't have to be physically somewhere or have this connection. You can live anywhere and you can make something. And that means tons of new jobs. You know, there's a filmmaker that's got a creator that's got a lot of talent and he lives in either a big city or a little town. Yeah. He can make something and the people around him that pitch in and become a team or her, um, that yeah. team can make something and that will employ a lot of people in their immediate vicinity to continue creating that thing that people all around the world enjoy. So I think there's an opportunity for a massive kind of new market to emerge um, and a new way for people to find employment and um, gain exposure. So yes, from an internship, if you're interested in film, you're like, I don't know where to start. I yeah. think that Moonstream will really help with that, right? Because we do have this vision for a creator hub in the future. I'm not going to get into that because that's not on the site right now. But this idea that you kind of can have these creative teams that build their own little kind of like team or hub and they're cross working with each other wherever they are in the world. There's the potential for you to be like, hey, I live in, you know, whatever country and whatever town and I want to collaborate with someone. And you don't even have to physically be near that person. You can virtually tag in and maybe help them sort footage for the day or maybe help them write allowing yeah. creators to connect brings in a lot of potential for people that might want to get into this space to be able to pitch in with a team that might be shooting a project that's five countries over from you, but you can go and sort their footage for the day and learn from them and help with uh, different things and then kind of get your own leg up in the industry. If that's kind of where that question's angling, I'm not sure, but I think there's a lot of potential for that. Super. I, I think, I think, yes, I think it does hit the nail on the head. The creating of creation of opportunities was, was where that's going. Okay. We do have, uh, we do have uh, our, one of our listeners who wants to uh, ask a question. Um, let me see if I'm saying this right. Uh, Nuike, go ahead. You can ask your question. Sorry. Okay. So, um, I, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm not. I'm he not might have gotten rugged. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. away at the moment. Okay. All right. No problem. So, in the meantime, we'll take one more question uh, that that has come in. Um, and uh, yeah. So this one is from from RM. Okay, an ID known as RM. And what she wants to know is, and I, I'm of course I'm just going by the profile picture is if I wanted to be an actor, uh, you know, how does, how does this, this help me? Yeah, I think this touches a little bit on the previous question, which is like, how does this create opportunity? Um, mm -hmm. So I think the answer is very similar. Uh, so I won't reiterate everything, but yeah. let's just kind of follow the if then trail, right? Mm -hmm. If, if Moonstream is able to get a foothold and is successful, then that means that there will be filmmakers popping up all over the world and that will build opportunity for people that want to get into acting because there's going to be that many more projects kind of launching. And because of, you know, the, the retail investing and in niche communities, there will actually be a way for them to um, make a living doing that with kind of a niche project or niche community without having to kind of be this massive make or break. So I do think that you'll see, um, modestly compensated actors. And what I mean by that is in the current industry, it's like you either make nothing or you make millions, right? And I think that this brings the opportunity for a lot of filmmakers to make projects that do modestly okay. well, that provide a good living. Um, and I think that there'll be a lot more opportunity for people that want to get into acting. Of course, that's just my opinion. People can do with it whatever they want. I, I hope that people are making millions. I'm just saying that um, I think there's a lot of opportunity for kind of projects to be supported uh, and thrive with its sort of niche community. Um, and those projects will need actors. Sure. Okay. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that, Jay. I think, yes, that, that does uh, answer the, the, the question. And I can see that our, our uh, okay, <laughs> the person who had requested to speak uh, did want to, to have that, but seems to have a bit of a, uh, a challenge asking that question. Nuike, if you can still ask that question, I can see that you're connecting, but if you can ask, would like to ask that question, go ahead if you can hear us. Oh, okay. I guess uh, the, it, the internet didn't like them. <laughs> Hopefully uh, you can come back. Too bad. 
<laughs> well, well, yes, hopefully it does, though. This is all the time that we do have on the show. Uh, but what I will do is uh, we'll ask the audience at this point of time, if you still want to have those, you have those questions and you want to have them answered, you can send them in, uh, via, tweet them in to Adlum uh, INC. If not, you can send them on uh, a direct message to us. And of course, you can also treat them to, to Jay at, at, at Moonstream, uh, which has, you know, the, the idea is already shared and tweet above. So Jay, thank you so much for this enlightening power hour uh, that we've had about looking how, you know, Moonstream is changing the face of Hollywood. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Hey, thank you, JP. I really appreciate it. Thank you for everyone tuning in. Um, we're excited to continue on this journey with everyone. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Do remember that we'll see you again here at the same time next week uh, with a brand new episode of Diving Into Crypto. And also, just to, to bump up this particular point, is that we have our uh, our other uh, <laughs> our other channel. I'm kind of out of breath here because of, of all this, all the wonderful things that that Jay has been sharing with us. But please remember to tune in on Tuesdays at the same time to The Future of NFTs, a show that's hosted by our co-founder, Natia Vesta. All right. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you a wonderful, wonderful week ahead. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Diving Into Crypto, proudly hosted by Adlunum. The first engaged-to-earn platform with a proof-of-attention model and dynamic NFT investor profiles. 